listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Grunberg. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, the hostess with the mostest, but tonight, You've all read the promo. You all know what's happening. I am excited tonight here on Electrician Live because we are introducing a new co-host to the show. And this co-host is uh, uh, known him for a little while now. He's been through our Fast Tracks program. He's an electrical contractor. But you know what? Why not just get right to it? So without further ado, let's switch over. And I want to introduce to you Jay Grunberg. Jay, welcome to Electrician Live. What's up, Paul? Thanks for having me, sir. Yeah, it's great to have you here on the show and uh, joining in with us. And uh, so we're going to learn a little bit about you tonight since you are, oh, I I should say, we notice at the top of the screen is we have tonight's sponsor is Electrician Pride for all of your T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, stickers, bags, whatever the stuff you need electricianpride.com. I know that, uh, Jay, you have taken part in Electrician Pride. You have purchased some stuff. Okay. So people that want to do so, there you go. So that's sponsoring the show for tonight. So without further ado, um, let's get into it a little bit. Jay, why don't you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Again, give us a little background, a little bit of history uh, on you and uh, share it with all of us. Awesome. Yeah, so a little bit about my background in the electrical field is I started in 2006. I started in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I was um, I was actually a laborer. I was a day laborer, and I'd, I'd been at it for about three months, and this electrical crew, Red Rocks Electric, just offered me a job on the spot. They said, hey, man, we, we've been seeing you around. You know, you're all over the place, fired up, ready to go. We'd love to have you join us. And so uh, from that day on, I, I started with them for a few years, and it was uh, it was all uh, commercial. So I did a few years of commercial electric- uh, electrical work with them, and then in 2008, I started juggling around, went to a few other contractors, and then it was it – was of downtime from my apprenticeship to my journeyman's license. I got my journeyman's license in 2012. And uh, once I got that, then I went out and I started chasing a little bit of the bigger money. A couple more opportunities opened up. Um, <laughs> always, sure going, we all... always going after the big money. I get it. I get it. So I went in a position out at DIA, which is the Denver International Air, Airport, and I got to work on their runways, which was super awesome. That was a good learning experience. And then from there, about 2014, two years later, I decided to take my master's exam, and believe it or not, I failed the first time. And um, so I re-signed up for a week later, studied more into the photovoltics um, area because uh, I never I never did uh, PV before, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a whole new learning experience for me. Right. So I, I studied on that and then um, took my master's, and not but maybe three months later I went ahead and got my electrical contractor's license, and um, here I am wired up electrical design. Wow, there you go. Got into into the game so. So you know, so you say now primarily what you your main thing is is um, residential. Is that it's at your main thing you go after residential? Since I started the company, residential is our main main it's thing. Main focus. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. So you know, I'm excited because Jay's going to bring to the table, and again, we'll we'll tweak, and he probably can't hear it from my end, but. When we have an internet connection, it's a little bit of a, of an audio 
uh, twinge in it. We'll get that worked out. Um, but um, I think Jay's going to bring a, a, a good aspect to the show where he can bring uh, a contractor. Because, you know, a lot of people hear me talk about what we're going to do when it comes to things like leadership, management, uh, employee situations, and things like that. And uh, Jay has employees. Uh, he deals with this on a on a regular basis, so it ought to be great um, for uh, future episodes to talk about those things and have different conversations. And, of course, um, uh, we have a viewer uh, that's asking, uh, and you might be familiar. Oh, I should mention this. For those that are over in the podcast, again, uh, Jay will know that we actually have a, a podcast that runs, again, Electrician Live was primarily focused on podcasting. And it's a podcast, it's a listen to it live from electricianlive.com or any of our other platforms. But again, we also have the video stream that's going over here on our youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. So if you're over listening on the podcast uh, and you want to chime in and, and ask a question or something during the shows that we're going to do, then come on over to the video stream and you can get a, a more of a flavor of seeing it in action and ask any questions uh, that you might have as well. So it gives you the ability to, to chime on in with us and, and uh, interact with us. So, um, so with that said, uh, Joe, um, Jay, we're going to have some topics that, that come up, obviously, in future episodes that we'll get your opinion on and uh, we'll have good discussions on them. Uh, for, an, for an example, we might have a discussion on on backstabbing, what's your company's uh, policy? What do you, how do you feel about backstabbing and, and, and those type of things when it comes to terminations, uh, receptacles, and switches? You know, pre-twisting, wire nuts, pre-twist or not pre-twist, mm-hmm. you know, different topics like that. Uh, and then I believe that there's a, there's a, a side, work, side work issue that you want to take up with me or something? You, you know, something? <laughs> Something something about an episode I yeah, might have can, done uh, that talked about side work a little bit or something. Sure, yeah. we can uh, jump into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 so we'll, I, was, I was listening. Go ahead. So I was listening to um, last week's episode on side uh, side work. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to listen to it live. Um, I was doing something with the family that day. So I, I listened to it Monday, and, and I heard that uh, we had a little bit of um, discrepancy on, on how you do side work and, and how I let my guys do side work. And, um, you know, I, I think either one is, is up to the owner, obviously, and, and to allow them to, your apprentices or your residential wireman, in my case, to do, do uh, electrical work on the side. Um. I'm I'm all for it. I used to be a, like I said when I was doing my apprenticeship in 2006, I was making $9.50 an hour. And I I had just my wife and I were dating at the time and that's when we brought our first child in. So that was it was almost like it was meant to be to get into a field where you could strive and grow and continue to get pay increased amounts probably Probably getting a dollar every six months or so up until a certain point where where they would just say, okay, I can't. But again, I started 50, so I know how side work was important to apprentices, especially those on the lower paying scale. Granted, when I I did do side work as an apprentice, I did it with other journeymen that I was working with. They just asked me to go work with them on the side. Right. So, So then... In, in our company, my guys, I have, I have phenomenal residential wiremen. I have phenomenal leaders, and I have great up-and-coming apprentices um, that, that are just hands-on and ready to go at all times. So I'm, I'm very fortunate in that case. So I, I give them opportunities. Um, a lot of their side, some of their side work comes from jobs that we're doing contracts for, and we're just so busy that, that maybe I allow them to do a, a side job here and there. And I just say, hey, man, let me be a part of it. If you want me to, it's it's no different than um, than if you're doing work for me for your eight hours, right? Except for you, just, you know. So of course, this this brings up the topic again. Like I had again, side work, and we'll obviously as we go on, we'll have other different things to discuss. Uh, but for me, you know, I always worry about the liability end of it. 
uh, for you, you trust your people enough uh, and you are very involved in their training. Uh, I would think that the people that work for you would, the, the key that hinges it for me is the people come to you and tell you they have work. Um, I think somebody doing some side work and not telling me about it and having it affect their normal operation Monday through Friday with me because, you know, they, they work all weekend and they get worn out because they put in five days with me and I'm working them hard. And then they end up um, working the weekend and get worn out and then don't come in Monday morning or call in late or missing a day or two because the short time, the short term gain uh, is something they're, they're trying to look at and thinking that that's going to benefit them, but they lose the long term picture, right? So, mm. I don't have a problem with somebody, as I've said in, in the previous show, I don't have a problem with somebody doing some side work as long as they come to me. The difference in us probably in this is um, I'm going to separate myself from it uh, because, again, I don't want to put you know my license on the line. It's not so much my uh, electrical license, but it's my contractor's license, which is what you know what would pay me. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I go to work for somebody as an electrician, but if I'm my contractor's license, I'm do my own work. And that's what you're really focused on. Um, as long as you, you know, that's no different. And I understand what you're saying. As long as it's like, it's no different than, um, the work that's from 7am till four, whatever your hours are in the, and during the week that that is no different. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's no different. So you're like, what do I care if they're working during the week or they're working doing their own for their own side work on the weekend? It, it's no different. Now, I believe you did you did say that if you did that because you they are technically working under your company, even though they're doing their own thing. What about if there's permits? Will they pull? Will you pull the permits for them, or will they? Because they can't pull the permit unless something's different in Colorado. Or do you tell them the homeowner's got to pull the permit? Or will you pull the permit? If one of them get hurt on the job, will your insurance cover it? Um, do you at that point treat it as if it's yours? Or where do you separate the line? Yeah, so I, I do I do pull permits for the guys. Um, I go and walk the projects with them. If it's something that isn't related to a contract that we're already doing, that I'm already involved in, that I know about. So maybe we're doing, for example, a basement finish and they're doing work upstairs. I like to keep that with the company. Right. Um, but if it's something that, that they have set up on the side that I have no, nothing, that I knew nothing previous about it, I'll go out and visit them on, on a weekend or, or after hours and we'll schedule with the homeowner a kind of a, a pre-con, a job walk as we call it. I'll go over it with, with my guys and um, yeah, I'll pull the permit for them. I'll kind of over how we're going to do things and and that's why i get involved also financially because i am involved with it so mm-hmm. it's it's not as probably as large of a chunk as i would if i was doing it under my contractors but also it's it's their work so i'm right. just assisting them to get that work done professionally and and obviously with permits we we do things per code um we like to pull permits we don't run from them um <laughs> we like to pull them we actually have really good relationships with the inspectors here in Colorado more of the Denver area. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know that I have any problem with that, that concept, but you want to be very much involved with them. Uh, I think what, what differs with me is, is I, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, (laughs) you know, my, you know, they, when they're working for me, uh, that was fine when they're not working for me. They're doing something on their own as long as it doesn't affect me. Okay. Sure. If it doesn't affect me, then I'm okay. I'm like, you go at it. But the moment that affects me, you come rolling up in here two hours late on Monday morning because you were working your butt off all weekend and you come to me and you go, Oh yeah, Paul, you know, that side job I did. I was working till 2 AM in the morning. I'm sorry. That's when you don't tell me. You know, there's certain things you just don't tell somebody. And, you know, I'm like, don't tell me. Just just tell me you you got up later or you, whatever happened. You know, you couldn't get your kid to school or something. I would, I'd rather have a lie than you to tell me. Especially, you know, but, uh, yeah, my bigger thing is you had to come to me. You had to come to me. Uh, incidentally, sure. Jay, um, how old are you? 
Because I had we had a, a viewer ask what your age was. I know he looks amazingly young, like fresh from the womb. But how how old are you, Jay? I don't know how good that camera is, but if you can see the wrinkles around the eyes. Those are uh, those are marks of the. That's because you let your employees do side work on your license. See, that's what that'll cause that. Well, right, sorry, sorry. That's true. That's true. I, I I'm starting to get a little gray hair too, in um in the beard here and there. So call that uh, hairs of wisdom. Um, <laughs> oh, so boy. really? I'm, I'm really so. Yes, <laughs> I'm just flooded with wisdom here. Definitely flooded. Flooded with wisdom. Um, yeah, for that viewer, I'm I'm 36 years old. 36. I was uh, yeah. So I was born in '84, and I was born in uh, the Pacific Northwest. So I was born in Olympia, Washington. Oh. I spent most of my childhood in Olympia, Washington, and then we moved down to Colorado. And then that's where I finished up high school, took a year or so off, met my wife, and then things started rolling. It was like, okay, we got to do something. Well, I, under- I understand that your wife is a is a is plays a really key role with you and your company. That's a great thing. My my wife does the same thing for me. She's uh, phones and dealing with Electrical Code Academy. Um, when I had the electrical contracting, which people know that I had a couple of electrical contracting businesses through the years, she's always been involved. She's actually been there in the middle of the night helping me hang trophers and uh, and uh, luminaires and, and all kinds of stuff when, when the guys were like, hey, I got to clock out. And I'd call her up and she'd come and hand me things and I'd work late because, you know, the owner is always the bottom line. You know, it's got to get done. It's always going to come back on us, you know. So um, so I hear – so she plays an, in, uh, an intricate role in your company. She sure does. Um, her role now is – she takes care of the office paperwork, the billing, the estimating, believe it or not, for residential. We um, we have a great system that works for us. She um, she schedules. But before she got into that role, like you said, Paul, with with your wife, it was just her and I. When, when we went in in 2014, I was doing a lot of the work myself. I was the only employee for, for Wired Up, so I'd do basements and... We would um, we'd stay late, man. We'd we'd start at seven and stay till five or six, and she'd come hang out at times. And she just she was like, "Okay, how can I help?" You know, I said, "Well, let me drill some holes for you, and you can throw some wire in these these plastic boxes, and and start helping out and get the project done faster." So she was actually my first apprentice. Oh, that's awesome! Or wired up. That's awesome. So now did you do what I used to do to all my – I did an episode out there that people listen to and what I used to put my apprentices through because you can imagine working for me, it was always it was always educational moment. I, I couldn't help but teach something. So I used to go around the room and actually hang up a chalk line on where I want the holes drilled and snap it to teach them how to hold the drill because we used to have Milwaukee's extensions and – and we'll, that's actually another topic we're going to go into, favorite brands of Jay Grunberg uh, in future episodes as we have debates about different brands like Milwaukee, <laughs> Ryobi, DeWalt, Rigid, all those other things. And you might be surprised at one of my favorites, which people think is a consumer brand, but I actually have had amazing, even when we were contractors, we used to drop them off ladders, and that was Ryobi. You'd be, be surprised. But anyway, uh-huh. so... So we'll have we'll have those discussions, but yeah, it's awesome to see the family get involved. But there's, I used to do that with my apprentices and to teach them how to to, to get used to drilling straight lines. I was all I was very uh, anal about the the way the work went in that type of thing. Sure. I know I know it's covered up in the wall, but eh, you know, um, one of our our viewers over here, and again, those that are over on the podcast, listen to the podcast. You can always come over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC, and you can see some of the chats that's going on in the conversations. Um, but one of our our viewers posted a comment and said, um, why not offer a finder's fee instead of the contractor doing the work? You know, if he's going to do it, it might be work that you can do, but say, you know, rather than take that risk, why don't you just give them a finder's fee? So yeah, they want some, they're going to wire it for you. And rather than take the risk, you could say, "Tell you what, I, you know, if it's a, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a twenty five hundred dollar job, 
you know, maybe you give them, you know, six hundred, seven hundred dollar finders fee. I mean, and and then you know, but again, it might be. I used to tell people sometimes the side work was work that wasn't at a level that that was worthy of the company to do. It was. I mean, I had other things and agreements and contracts going on that it was purely side. It was smaller um, addition or something that was smaller. And you know, people say, "Well, money's money." I'm like, "Yeah, but if I was in the middle of a commercial project." It wasn't as a focus on, but this guy wanted to do it on his own. Then I can see where you know your your model might might do it. Uh, but if you did have the ability and you do residential, if the guy said, you know, I've got this job and uh, a finder's fee, and you pay him money for it, and then your company does it. But um, I mean, I, uh, one of our viewers said that's an option. You know, kind of an option. Yeah, I can touch on that. Um, we. I do hourly rate with my guys, so it would conflict. It would cause conflict with the hourly rate, and then how, how many guys would he be using from Wired Up, and how would I then have to pay pay them? So, as well, far as the be, finder, this wouldn't this wouldn't be him doing it himself. You know, he, he would take some of your 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 people to do that. Are they that close that they'll they do work together and, and helpers? Uh, help all the time, man. I mean, we're 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 a pretty tight crew to where. Okay. Um, you know, we, we keep we keep a text. Hmm. So we're having uh, so the audio coming in and out a little we bit. We try to keep it. There we go. He's back. He's back. He's back. Oh. So. Keep going. Tight crew. Tight crew. Do things together. Um, yep. We, so we kind of do all the all the side work that the guys do, the, the crew leads. Um, they'll use the apprentices from Wired Up as well. But as far as doing a finder's fee, we have so much work during the week and, and contractors that we got to keep up to, especially around this time. This time we're, we're, more, we're, we're as busy as we could be. We do a lot of basement finishes. So people want to get their basements done before right. Thanksgiving, before families come in, before Christmas, before the Super Bowl. Who knows if we're going to have one this year, but hey. They, they, say, they may want to get one done. They, they, <laughs> so. say we're, they say we're going to have an NFL season. I'm not a football fan. so And I understand that uh, you're a fan of this, uh, what is it, the Seattle? Oh, come on. What is it, the Seattle Goose Ducks, or what are they called? <laughs> what, I can't remember what that name of that team was. You're oh, man. I, I knew it was coming. Uh, so some football team up, I don't know. They, I don't think they've won in a while. Or something. Yeah, they're they're a flying bird up there in the in the northwest. <laughs> if you notice, all my colors are are kind of designed around that, and and I, I stay in Denver, Colorado. Speaking so. of Denver, speaking of Denver, so let me ask you a question: Is is there people in Denver just selling marijuana on the street corners up there? Because I heard in Colorado, <laughs> it's just it's this pot everywhere. I mean, how do you focus with everybody just getting so high all over the place up there? That's what I heard. I've never. You know, I've been up there, but well, so, so, so as far true. as the street corner hustle goes, that's that's long gone. You don't have to go to the neighbor or or, or through someone to 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 through someone and and that. You just go directly to dispensary. The, um, the dispensary. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. I wouldn't know anything and, about that. I just knew that you know from research dispensary. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so. so. Hey, but, but believe it or not, my son he does he does uh, jujitsu. So he does jujitsu down on Santa Fe, in Mississippi. So if if you're in the Denver area, you kind of know those those cross sections. And there, there's a certain point where you're driving in, you're going southbound on Santa Fe, and when you hit a certain point, it there's a it smells exactly like the marijuana because there's so many dispensaries and so many grow facilities that it's just common. Right. Like you used to you used to smell it and you would you would be surprised and shocked. But now there's just certain zones and certain areas in Colorado that or especially Denver that you go to that. It's just, it's just normal now. Right. But you have, haven't seen any ill effects from uh, all, from legalizing it uh, in, in the state. You haven't any, I guess, because I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I thought it was everybody was like if they legalize it, it's all of a sudden going to be like drinking and driving and everybody's going to be wrecking all over the place and all this kind of stuff. So no, not really. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not going to go back to my youth. Okay, never mind. Moving forward. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, never mind. All right. So, um, hold on. 
This is a very professional show. All right, so let me ask your opinion, Jay, since we're here. Backstabbing your receptacles. Do your guys or do you backstab your receptacle? Or your switches? So when I... So... Again, when I when I was coming up in the trade, I did commercial, so everything was pigtailed. Right. We used twelve gauge wire minimum. Everything was ran on a twenty amp circuit, and you always pigtailed everything: your neutrals, your hots, unless it was an EOC um, and a circuit. Then you would you would just um, curl it. But the the backstabbing, you couldn't do it in commercial because. The, the 12 gauge wire wouldn't fit in the back of the receptacle. So it was, and I didn't know anything about backstabbing at the time. So we just, we would, we would wire nut, um, pigtail, strip, curl, screw down, put it in, walk away. Right. So funny story. I started helping out a buddy of mine. Well, he became a buddy of mine. I started helping out, um, a, a, a different master electrician at the, um, before I got my master's we, and I did residential with him on the side and I was a journeyman electrician and, and I, I go down to this basement and I go, what is this smaller gauge wire? What is this 14? And, and again, I'm a what journeyman at the time. What is this 14? What is <laughs> this little wire? What is this small wire that I'm, <laughs> that I'm dealing with? And, and then we would, he, he would come in and out of a device box, a receptacle device, a uh, mm-hmm. receptacle outlet. And I'm I'm down there and, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to find more wire. I'm stripping his wire. I'm wasting his wire because every box I go to, I'm pigtailing. And and he catches me in the middle of it and he goes, "What what are you doing?" I said, "What am I supposed to be doing?" So that was <laughs> that was a common practice for me in the beginning was to sure. curl my my wires. And and when I started wired up, it was a common practice too, until I started hiring some guys who knew a little bit more about residential than I did. Um, Especially my my project manager Chris, he's phenomenal. He comes in and he goes, he goes, why are we why are we curling wires? I go, why why shouldn't we? What's 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 the other option? And he goes, man, we we stab. And he showed me it and how quick it was. And then we just started rolling. So yeah, we we backstab for sure. Okay. There's that option on the device. And yeah, we so. It. So people, you know, there's there's a, there's two sides of this debate, and of course, many people know I worked for NEMA uh, in uh, kind of intimate with the manufacturers. Um, there's a lot of people that don't like backstabbing for whatever reason. Of course, if you got stranded, obviously you, you obviously you can't backstab with stranded. Um, but I can be honest with you, and people have heard me talk about it before. I have absolutely no problem with backstabbing at all. Um, the device is actually listed, goes through evaluation with it backstabbing. It's no different than using a Wago or Wagu or whatever people want to call it, Wago uh, device, push-in device, same concept, two contact points. Um, what happens with these, the, pe- the biggest problem with the backstab is that people don't actually look at the back of the device and see that there's a stripping gauge on it, and they either strip too much or they don't strip enough. And that creates creates the problem. Um, again, it's more like a, a two pieces uh, of uh, of contact springs, and this and it literally pushes in, and it and it holds it. So the contact points uh, on it are, are, are very shallow. So they but they do make the contact on it. The thing about it is, it all has to go through. I mean, it's all a matter of how you feel because it goes through the same evaluation at UL. Uh, or, or whatever third party, but you design it based on an ANSI UL standard. And then once it passes that or compliance and you have to test it and it has to meet all the, the same tests as you would with the wrapping of the screw. So um, I, I've backstabbed and had no, I've never had any issue with it. Some people do. And I've gone to service calls where I've seen uh, the problem is that people that, that wrap the screw as well um, don't, Typically, we'll torque it, but won't torque it. I mean, how many of your guys mm. are going around with a torquing screwdriver? Because at the end of the day, they use a regular screwdriver. And every one of those terminations are supposed to be torqued to a specific inch pounds. Sure. So, a uh, value. And uh, so, at the end of the day, I've seen more receptacles burn up because the screw was wrapped and it was loose. 
and it caused an arc because it wasn't. What I can promise you that if you backstab, you at least making a positive connection. That doesn't mean it wears out. Doesn't mean it goes bad. But it could. Anything could. But I have literally no problem with the backstab. It's everybody's preference. Now, I used to solder a lot of my joints uh, just because it would broke up the monotony of using wire nuts and things like that. Uh, which transitions me into the next topic. Uh, I've had a pod, I did a podcast on pre-twisting um, wire nuts. Uh, and, sure. and incidentally, wire nuts are a trademark of ideal for those that that that, that are like, oh, he said ideal. It's um you know they that's a trademark of them. But you know you have gorilla nuts that are king innovation, and you have 3M, and I did a podcast on it. Um, many people will argue that. Pre-twisting means that if the wire nut or binding device or wire connector comes loose, that it creates a problem when you're troubleshooting. It creates a problem if it's uh, using all neutrals, for example, and it's a shared neutral in a in a, a commercial building where you have a multi-wire brand circuit and you can pull it loose. And instead of having two 120 volts, you could end up with a 240 and you could burn things up. I get it. I get it. Um, but the manufacturers of wire binding devices, wire connectors, don't care whether or not you pre-twist it or not. They're not evaluated to pre-twist, but they don't care if you pre-twist. Now, if you're going to solder, you got to pre-twist because you got to make a mechanical connection so that the solder alone doesn't hold the connection. But other than that, you know, I'm a habit. Unfortunately, before I tell people, I'm a pre-twister. I twist all my connections. Uh, but the manufacturers of the, of, the, of the wire connectors say you don't have to, and they're the experts. What's your thought on that? Well, I've I've done both, and I guess it's all situational for me. If if it's residential, and my guys can do both, if it's residential and it's only a few twists, um, I'll probably twist them together. But if I'm in a commercial application, and I have a ton of lighting boxes I have to make up, and I have to get it done in a pretty quick time, and I'm on a lift, I'm probably going to not pre-twist, but I'm going to put one of those wire nut twisters on my drill. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put the wire nuts all or the wires all together. Put that wire nut over it. Put my drill with the with the twister adapter to it and twist it on. And then as 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 those three or four conductors start twisting together on the insulated part, I've I don't do this every time, but I've taken it off. I've taken the wire nut back off after I've completed it, and it looked great. Looks just fine. So I put it back on, and then I'll just continue that method. I won't take the wire nut off every time, but I'll just make sure that the first two or three are are hitting the mark where I want them to be. And then from there on out, if I like I said, if I have a ton of lighting boxes that I'm that I'm twisting together, um, it doesn't have to be lighting. It could just be even circuit boxes um, where I'm making wire nut connections, twist connections. I'll use a drill, and I won't pre-twist them. Yeah, so I've so done both. So I've never used the you know any drill or any attachment. Um, most of mine are just use the old side cutters and make the joint, cut them off the proper length, put the wire connector right on the end of it, and go to town. Do I have heartburn whether or not somebody takes the conductors and goes straight into a wire binding device? I don't care. It doesn't bother to me. It either one, some people will, oh, my God, and I'm like, whatever. You know, the, the, the products, as long as you're using a product within its listing, you know, um, so I have seen enough, da- you know, I've seen enough burn up receptacles from both side wiring and back wire. I've seen enough and I've been, you know, master electrician since the eighties. Uh, I've seen enough and I used to do nothing but service a lot of, you know, evening was my emergency service for our company. But during the day we ran the bigger projects, but we didn't want to give up that money and nobody wanted to do it. So I talked to my family into having me and my brother with a company owner into having this service division but then looking around i was the only one that was interested in doing service so i got stuck with it um but at the end of the day um the only problem i ever saw with the 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 backstab was when it was done incorrectly that's the only time i've ever really seen it uh have a problem and you can do them incorrectly but again i've also seen side screws done incorrectly as well now pre-twisting like i said for splicing for junctions, um, I it was just a habit to always pre-twist because that's what I did when I soldered my joints. I had to pre-twist. So it's sure. just a habit. 
But if I was in a call somewhere and I was in an awkward position and I reached in my pouch and pulled out a wire connector and I were to just bring three conductors together, provided that the wire binding device is rated for those three conductors, and then I would twist it on there. The way they're made, it's designed to cut into the conductive material and it holds it in place. The, the notion that it's just going to pop off I don't buy into that too much because if you're using it within the scope of the listing of that wire connector, it's designed to hold 412s or 314s or whatnot, and they're the same length. You line them up, you strip the right amount, you put it on there, it ain't coming off. It's just not going to pop off. It's in a box. So what's all junk splices in a box. So I don't have any heartburn either way. Again, some will agree, some will disagree. They Again, it's their company. They can do whatever they want, right? It's their, their prerogative. Um, so yeah, how is your relationship? Oh, you had something? Yeah. So with, with the, back to the devices, when you're, when you're curling them uh, around the terminal on the device, like, like you'd mentioned before, you got to make sure that you, you, you do that horseshoe connection, uh, the uh, connection too, because if you're only going a quarter of the way and you screw that terminal down, you, you're not really making a great connection either. That, that screw should be able to wrap around or, or tightly the wire should wrap around the screw, not all the way wrap around the wire itself. You know, you don't ever want to take them in to where it's wrapping around itself, but you want to make sure that you do the horseshoe, um, connection. Cause I've seen a lot of them too, that, that it doesn't go all the way around and, and it's, it's, it, it gets loose as time comes as well. So if you're gonna, if you're going to, um, Put it around the terminal. Make sure you're doing it right as well. And then also, when you're taking, when you're troubleshooting and you're doing it hot, and you're trying to take that screw terminal out, or or the wire from the screw terminal, it gets a little tricky as well. Pose the backstabbing, you can kind of just twist out mm-hmm. um, when you when when it's a hot conductor. So there's benefits to both ways. Yeah, I don't I, have a problem with either. I I, I I am an advocate, Jay. So I can see we're going to have many discussions moving forward here on Electrician Live because I'm an advocate on uh, if you're pulling the wire out of the receptacle hot, you should have already done the testing on it. There's no reason for you to pull it out hot. Even though it's a trip back to the box to turn it off, turn it off. There's no need to try to do all that. But, again, you're going to hear a lot about me when it comes to electrical safety. Okay. So, anyway, so so next topic is how is your relationship – with your local, uh, uh, how with your electrical specters in, in in your area up there, how are they? How are they? Are they easy to get along with? Have any any trouble with them? Any of them that have the chip on the shoulder, you know, or are they they pretty good? All in all, Colorado inspectors are pretty good. The ones I deal with in the Denver metro area, I primarily deal with Denver, probably north of Denver. There's a few jurisdictions that that they know the contractors that do, we do work for and they know us cause we've been doing work for them for so long that, um, you know, if, if there is any discrepancy, let's say on failed inspections, whether it's rough or trim for us, it's very minor. It's a trip to go back out there and, and maybe, I don't know, put the right breaker in. Maybe we just put an arc fault breaker on the, on the wash machine and we didn't put a dual function or something like that. It's, 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 it's very, um, minor things usually for our company. So we've, we've created a reputation for doing things, trying to do things the right way and being proactive with the inspectors and what their amendments are too. Cause some jurisdictions have certain amendments. Um, Douglas County, for example, if you're working in Douglas County, you can only have, four receptacles on a small appliance branch circuit where if you're working in denver you can have you know your half of your kitchen and maybe a part of your dining room so you could have up to six seven so they have local they have their own local rules because that yeah that's not in the code so they have their, their their own local things now if you get a violation and i've got a couple questions that are on our our message our uh, chat thing here i'll cover in a second but um do do they have to give you the violations i mean that's always been a big uh, thing with me when i was a head of jurisdictions i would not let my inspectors fail somebody unless they could literally give them the code reference because i didn't think it was fair and since i spent a lot of time teaching them the code um, I was like, you know, it would bother me if you didn't know how to give them a code reference because that would tell me you don't know the reference, and I don't believe you can fail somebody if you don't know the reference. So 
How is it in Colorado when it comes to rejection and giving code references in order to give you, the electrical contractor, direction on how to fix something? If you don't know what's wrong, you can't fix it. So do they give you any of that? I, well, there's it's, a pause it's 50, there. 50. <laughs> it's 50-50. I don't know if he can so, answer that for fear of discrimination of his poor little inspectors there. Oh, no. Okay. No. So, do they do they give you yes or no? Do they give you code references when they reject you? Most of the jurisdictions do, and okay. and even it's it's not. I don't know if all jurisdictions do. I can't say every inspection we fail. We have a code reference to that failure. Um, Denver is really good at it. That's why I really enjoy Denver. But but as you know, I can fail one rough in Denver, fix that correction have another inspector come out and fail me for that correction. So it's, I've, I've had that issue too because different inspectors come out on different days. So again, you, you try to get a, a reference. The good inspectors will give you a reference mm-hmm. and, and the real good ones will um, kind of have a chat with you, either whether it's, it's, it's on the phone or, or maybe even email with them. But um, yeah, the good ones will give you a reference for sure. Okay. Good. Yeah, I like when they start when they're giving references. They need to, to give references, and if not, any jurisdictions out there that's listening, you want to make sure that you teach your people to give references anytime you're going to fail somebody. It should not be a situation where it's like, do as I say, and I'm not going to give you any reference because I'm the inspector. It's not how it should be. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship between electrician and the inspector, and it should always stay that way. Um, I do have some questions uh, that, that came up. Uh, during the the, the chat, uh, and some uh, one of the questions was about utilizing uh, wire connectors like wire nuts, which are a trademark of ideal. Okay, don't suicide deal. And wait a minute, they're getting free promotion. They shouldn't worry about that. <laughs> anyway, so they send me a box. That, yeah, they say they say <laughs> send me a crate. So they say that. Somebody says that, that the wire binding devices, wire nuts, whatnot, uh, or I should in all fairness say Gorilla Nuts for King Innovation or 3M's wire wing, uh, wing nuts is also a trademark of ideal. All of those things are a one and done, and I have not seen that anywhere on any of their literature. Uh, I have not seen that anywhere in the NEC. Uh, screwing it onto wire and screwing it back off does not change the internal spring binding system that's in those wire binding devices. So I, whoever tells you that, uh, for our listener, uh, I would say I would tell them put up or shut up, and make them come forth with something. And you know what? A simple call to the manufacturer. Now you got to worry because sometimes a manufacturer will say, "Oh yeah," because they want to sell you more, right? But at the end, end of the day, I had no problem reusing a wire, you know, wire binding device. I don't have any problem unless it just looked really bad and it was pieces broke off inside of it because yep. somebody or whatever not you know, other than that i had no problem with them okay i, yeah, I don't use, consider reuse them yeah i don't have a problem with that all right so we're, we're coming close here to the end but I, i'm going to have this topic and I, we're going to obviously have a pretty deep discussion on this in future episodes and we've got we're going to have some great episodes coming up where we talk about all types of topics uh and you know what we'll even have some code episodes where uh you know Maybe I can maybe I can teach Jay something, or maybe Jay will teach me something. I love to learn, but I am going to ask you, Jay. You went through a fast tracks program. Yeah. What do you think of the program? Be honest. Look, people. I mean, he's be honest. Okay, be honest, because it's not the easiest thing if everybody thinks it is. So, what do you what do you think? Tell me, Jay. What do you think? Yeah. So I. I went through the fast tracks program in the intent to study for my ICC residential inspectors exam. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the whole, the whole goal with it. So I, I invested in the 2017 edition of the fast tracks program and every, every chapter I started with unit one mm-hmm. and I would, I, I was, I was staying the course, I'd do unit one, unit two, unit three. By the time I got to unit three, so let me let me also um, hold on. Let me show you guys something. So I was in the 2017 
um, fast tracks program, but I was using this code book here, which is the 2020. So I'd already invested in into the 2020 code book. So it was a little difficult um, just because some of the format was, was different. So mm -hmm. it was hard to give some references that I couldn't find. So I'd have to pull up my, my phone because I have the 2017 edition on the phone app. Right. Um, so that that was a little difficult, but other than that, I was I was in the book. I was I was studying um, pretty consistently, and by the time I was into the unit three, I, I could already I had to go out and buy more uh, highlighters. Hey, Jay, I, was, I was highlighting the Jay. I yeah. don't know if you know this. Your wife, your wife, <laughs> she posted on Facebook. Oh said, no! It says you would fall asleep listening. To me, is that oh, true? No. Is that true? She, she, she rat you out? Did you? What did you play my podcast while you're in the bedroom? You know, and then all of a sudden you're going away. You wouldn't be the first. I get emails from people in pictures going down the road taking pictures of me on their car playing the podcast. But uh, so so fess up. Did you did you listen? Did you fall asleep listening to any of my my stuff? Did I put you, know, you to I sleep? Mean, you know. There's there there's been a time or two where where I fell asleep with the eye with the um earbuds in the ear and may, maybe it was on your podcast maybe it wasn't um so you know I, I don't know I don't know where she's getting boring, her information I'm a, fun. I'm a boring old man I can't help <laughs> it is what it is I imagine many people have uh, again I, I get you know it's a lot of a lot of pride in the fact that I, I get literally hundreds and hundreds of emails from people who pass their exams and and everything from our videos and our our, our podcasts and things like that so uh, it always means the, the more to me to see that and uh, and you know and help think that i'm helping other people um and i try to make it a little different when when i'm on a seminar circuit it's cert shirt and tie and suit and i've got to look a certain way and i made it an effort since i started this uh thing with the videos and i've been doing videos since 2004 people don't realize that in podcasts that long um that i wasn't gonna i was gonna be more relaxed so during the day i've got to be a different person than when i get to be online so again i get to open up a little bit and hopefully i make the code a little more interesting uh your wife ratted you out though i put you to sleep but hopefully i make it a little more more interesting uh, for many people to to learn the code a little bit and, and maybe break it down a little bit for them, uh, so they can understand a little bit better. So, so I, so again, when I when I was doing the fast tracks program, I was I was really dialed in and and I would listen to podcasts, and that's what she's referring to. It'd be you know eleven o'clock at night. I would just get done with the date with the schedule for the guys the next day, um, and and I throw the earbuds in because again, I'm I'm when when I go all in for an exam, I'm going all in. I'm I'm not a halfway in halfway out person. I, I'm, I'm all in. Um, I did this with my journeyman's. I did this with the master's exam and I did it with the residential ICC electrical inspectors exam. So again, I was, I was all in and, and your fast tracks program was amazing. It, it definitely helped me. By the time I got to unit 11, I'd already taken, I passed, which was awesome. Right. You already, already passed by and, the time you got to 11. So so did uh, did you uh, you know as other people that are in the chat like Tim and other than a program? So what did you think of Unit Eight, Nine, Ten, and, and Eleven? Those uh, those those core units. Eight was a struggle. Eight was the the hardest unit for me. Yeah, it it, it makes you think of calculations and stuff that you just normally we just take for granted, especially if you're not used to doing those type of things. But the Breaking it down into the different parts, that had to be beneficial where it teaches you every little piece and the little sheet and kind of give you an idea of, because, you know, you could have a situation where you got to do any little piece and it's good to learn every little piece, that type of thing. Yeah, the sheet, the sheet helped with muscle memory too, mm -hmm. or, or the process of it. You know, you, you do one through four and um, just, just breaking it down like that. I actually had one of my one of my apprentices come in, he was working on taking a test or studying, excuse me, for taking a test, his final at, um, IEC Rocky mountain, which is a local electrical, right. um, school here in, in Denver. Right. Actually it's, it's a little North, but he was taking an exam. So I brought him in. He said, man, I'm, I'm struggling on calculations. I said, well, I, I got the, I got the solution or, or at least a way for you to, 
understand it a little easier. So he came over and we we dove in for it about an hour. And by the time he left, he felt pretty comfortable and he, he passed his he passed his exam. So it's awesome. Good. So your owner and now teacher. That's awesome. That's always a natural progression. We always teach. I always believe inspectors, owners, master electricians, journeymen. We all are teachers, whether or not we want to say it or not. We have a duty to pass on our knowledge and help other people. And you know, and again, there's certain people that that revel in, in in seeing other people fail, and then there's a class of people that that rejoice in seeing people succeed. And that's the kind of people I'd rather hang out with, to be honest with you. So, but it sounds like you're doing everything right. Uh, so, company's going great. Looks like you have a, a wonderful wife and a partner. Uh, and I understand you have some. I've actually seen them, some, some kiddos there, some small kids. Uh, one, one, one not so small. I believe you said one's 14. He's, he's going to be 14 on the 22nd. So. And there was a bit of a break in there because you have one that is just a little rug rat, right? Yep, she's, she's nine months. So, so our son, Xavier, is 14. And, awesome. and he was born in 2006. And that was the year that I had become a, an electrical apprentice. And now being six years into owning my company or our company, should I say now we have a nine month old running around. So right. it's pretty awesome. It sounds awesome. Definitely. Well, I, I think I'm, you know, excited about some episodes that we're going to have good topics. Um, and I think all the viewers out there, if again, if you're over on the podcast and you're listening and you want to get a flavor of the, the questions that are, people are asking and, and see how I'm on the screen, I'd, you know, I'll take a second uh, to try to catch up on a little bit of these to see if we've got any additional ones. Have a lot of conversation about the mechanical splices, muse, and again, so, so it's always been for soldering joints, and I keep jumping mm-hmm. back and forth. Promise you, all of our episodes are going to have bullet points moving forward. But this is kind of a this is kind of an introduction to to Jake. So we're just kind of having an open discussion. Uh, but all of the soldering joints prior, even when you, you had knob and tube, uh, which you still use a Western knot, um, it might not have been soldered. But most of the applications, anytime early that we did anything, and even now when I use, um, uh, again, if I were to go wire a house tomorrow, I would probably, I, I probably use wire connectors because I don't have the same you know, amount of work that I used to have where I wanted to break up the monotony and I like to do soldering. Solder and wrap my joints, um, it just broke it up a little bit. And in some houses, I just use you know, wire connectors, kind of that type of thing. So I'll always like to mix it up a little bit. But again, you, nothing in the code says you can't you know, solder your joints. You just have to me- mechanically made up first. It means you have to pre-twist them so they can stay together. Uh, other than that, you can't rely on solder alone and that type of good stuff. So, um, teacher, teacher guys had to twist them. You know, even though the the manufacturers for these wire connectors are, are telling you you don't have to twist them, I would I would always teach the new guys how to twist them, get them going, get them involved. It's a good learning session too, as well, sure. to make sure that they're twisting their grounds together, their neutrals and their their um, hots. But at the end of the day, when I guess when you it's kind of like the debate of on MC cable, you know, do, do I use a, do I use a, a roto zip or, or do I use my side cutters? Well, um. have I got an opinion of that? Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I even have some good music for that one. Um, no, I don't really, but um, I'm a believer. If you got the technology, you use it. So if I've got a roto zip uh, tool uh, to be able to make that job easier and make a clean cut and everything, I'm using it. I don't care what anybody says. I'm using it. Now, do I know how to snap it using my diagonal cutter, snap it, cut it, cut off the point, do it manually? Absolutely. We learned that. But if I've got access to a roto tool, I'm using the roto tool. Okay? All, all the time. Now, sure. bigger stuff, feeder stuff, you get used to using a hacksaw because it's just what you're going to have to do. But smaller stuff, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to do that. So... Um, so I should mention though, before we go now, you'll see above Jay's head, we have the donations going again for these screwdrivers and yep. And you can make a donation as it says up there to get you one of these. It helps donate to the program and the upcoming stuff that we're going to be doing. Um, and you can also do it from the website as well, or you can do super chats here during your, during the live stream. You can always do that as well. 
Uh, tonight's show, again, is sponsored by Electrician Pride. Okay, Electrician Pride for all of your shirts, stickers, all kinds of good stuff. As you saw here, my code book is stickers all over it. You know, we've got a bunch of different ones. Look, Jay does too. So, great minds so, think alike. So, so another another quick thing for you, because I, I looked at your code book. Do, do you not use tabs? Yeah, so I, I have my 2017 tab. When I'm teaching a code book uh, in a class, it's two different classes. When I'm teaching, I like to teach people how to use the raw code book uh, mm-hmm. and not rely on it, so not have to rely on the tabs. So if I'm preparing for an exam, I tell people to tab. But when, you know, when I'm doing something, I teach people, I teach them how to be able to thumb it and look at the top right corner to see what reference you're at. And so I try to teach somebody during the, during the program. And, again, I'm a big proponent of tabs, especially if you're going to take an exam. But when I'm teaching a bunch of electricians, I teach them how to use the top corner in order to – and then, again, so that you also remember, and that's what I'm a big teacher of flashcards, so that I can make sure that you know 410s, luminaires, that 400s, cords, 310s, conductors – 300s wiring types or wiring methods, chapter three, um, 210 brand circuits. I teach them to know that so that they can whip through it. But, you know, I haven't taken an exam in a long time. Now, my other code book with 17 is all tabbed out, okay, because I used that with some students in a classroom before the COVID thing came. So right after January, when I started teaching out of the 2020, I won't tab this until we get back to classrooms and I can sit through a classroom because I don't have a bunch of these. I don't, I'm not a guy that sells code books. So I, mm. when I do a live class, I'll actually show them how to tab this book out. So I'm not going to waste it now for me because I don't need the tabs. Right. But when I get that opportunity, I will actually tab it out. You know, funny, we might do a show one day. You never know. I got multiple cameras here. We might do a show on how to properly tab your code book. Because there's a right way and a wrong way. It's a good question. Yeah. Good question. Tab I like, it. You like how he's calling me out there, folks, about tabbing. See? Tab your book. Okay. If you're going to take an exam, tab your book. Just don't over-tab it. Y'all have heard my video on that. Don't over-tab it. Don't over-highlight. All that kind of stuff. You know what? Next week, you might have a new co-host. I don't know. <laughs> we have no Highlight idea. everything. So, all right. Well, it was great. Great show, Jay. I'm, again, I'm, I'm excited to have you on board, and I know we're going to have some really uh, good topics coming up in the future. Uh, I know that we're going to have our weekly sessions, uh, and I appreciate it. I know your schedule is super, super busy, and uh, you know, and I have so many things going on as well. But we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we spend the time each week to be able to put together something so we can have a great show each week. I know this one's just going to be an introduction. Kind of welcome you to the family here uh, and sure. uh, um, be excited about it. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody before we, we uh, cut this show out? And, uh, and, uh, and, and also, again, we do the podcast and sometimes we do the after show. So videos, we sometimes can you know run a little longer, but the podcast usually tries to stay at about an hour. So, you know. Hey, I'm telling him how we're doing this on live, you know, so like we haven't had these conversations yet, but at any rate, so uh, I'm looking for a good opportunity to have some good chats with you in the future. Is there anything else you want to chime in before we uh, wrap up the podcast session of this? Yeah, I just appreciate everybody coming in and, and being involved with this tonight and asking the questions that they've asked me so far. And if they have any other questions, just jot them down and, and bring them for next Saturday. If we can get to them, we'll get to them. Um, and when we'll, we'll just learn more about myself. So if, if, if you do have any questions for me, feel free to, to, um, put them on the chat and ask them and when we'll get to them. Yep. Sounds awesome. Sounds like a plan. All right. So hang in there. We're going to sign off on the podcast, but hang in there and we'll do a wrap up on the video. Uh, as well. So this is the end for the actual podcast. Again, everybody on the podcast, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, stay safe. God bless.
listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy and Jay Grunberg.